Alright, so welcome uh, to Shutter Count episode 10. Uh, last episode was episode 9, and that was the uh, that was a solo episode, but I'm happy to say that I'm not by myself on this one. <laughs> happy that uh, Steve is back. We're still missing Sam, but um, Sam uh, will come back on the next episode, we're pretty sure. Um, but we're able to get our schedules together uh, as far as Steve and I. And we're looking forward to getting into uh, talking about these new cameras that are coming out. Um, uh, so we're going to be looking at what Canon, Sony, Nikon, Fuji, and Panasonic have a question mark there. We're even going to talk about like a new light that's been announced. Not going to get too deep into it, but I, I think the the main focus of this episode will be uh, more so um, the camera bodies that we have coming out and maybe touch on uh, a little bit of the lenses that they've announced as well. But before getting into this episode, let's uh, talk about where we can be found. Steven, why don't you uh, give that a go? Yeah, um, you can find me at um, Captured by Steven underscore photography on Instagram. And then um, on Facebook is Captured by Steven photography. And then you can go to my website, CapturedbySteven.com. And I can be found at Team Hall Photo on Instagram. And I do have Team Hall Photo on Facebook as well. Um, my website, actually, I don't have that up right now. Uh, I'm actually thinking through some things there. I don't know, Steve, we didn't talk about that, but uh, I mentioned that last time that my website's not up. So don't look for me there at teamhallphoto.com uh, anymore. Uh, I'll, pr- I'll probably bring it back, um, but I'm thinking around that. and may- Maybe I'll have an, ep- an episode in the future where I talk about that. Um, but... Let's get into this. Let's let's uh, talk about this. Uh, Steve, you, uh, how, how do you feel um, about these? Uh, I know we were talking a little bit before we started recording, um, but how do you feel about these uh, announcements that we've been hearing? Yeah, I mean, I am, um, I, I'm excited for the XT2, XT3 uh, of all the three announcements. Uh, it was I was disappointed with Canon. Um, the worst one was Nikon. Uh, but I was hoping Canon will step up and show Sony why they are the leaders, but that didn't happen. And I remember uh, a few months ago reading a review, no, sorry, an interview where uh, they were asking Canon uh, their thoughts on, on mirrorless and why they they weren't in the market yet. And they said they were, they were taking their time. They always, you know, Canon products are very reliable. So they wanted to make sure that when they step in, they, they had a reliable product and something that just works well. Uh, and, um, you know, from the economics to the features. So when I read that interview, I was very excited. I said, you know, they are taking their time. They're going to come out with a solid product. And then, you know, after the Nikon announcement <laughs> to find out, um, you know, they, they came out with the you know, it's basically it's, it's somebody was making fun of them. They said it was like uh, taking a 5D Mark IV, taking the mirror out of the 5D Mark IV DSLR, and then saying here is a mirrorless. Uh, so uh, I was a bit disappointed, but I think they almost got it right. They almost got it right with the articulated screen, uh, and I think if they had the dual SD slot, Canon dual SD slot, we need that. I think if they had that, 
a lot of people would have forgiven them even for the like the 4k at 30 um 30 frames per second i think if if that's you know they had that and they had the dual slot i think people would have forgiven them for that um at nikon 2 i you know they came out with two bodies and you think they will make one will be you know superior but then you know they came out with a single card slot it's as if nikon and canon got together and say let's just release cameras with single card slots and and then i know they came out with uh sean i think correct me they came out with a new uh memory card right uh they 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 switched to a, a different memory card not a standard speaking about nikon in this instance yeah nikon yeah nikon they're they're using the xqd um slot and so i i remember um, about this XQD slot, there's another card, and I can't remember what is it. Is it a CFast card? I think that's what it is. I I, I might be wrong in this, but there's another um, standard that's uh, that's supposed to be um, worked on and coming out. Uh, I think it's CFast, and so these cards are supposed to be even faster than what we have um, in, at, in the XQD cards, and I think they they're supposed to be able to give us more capacity, and so the XQD card slot can be updated through software to take advantage of these CFast cards. Um, so I think this is what Nikon is doing. They're doing like a sort of a future proofing and going with that, that type of slot. Um, it does, it doesn't really pain me so much to say that they've only got one slot. I, I, I do, but I do think that's a disadvantage. Um, you know, we were talking about that a little earlier about that a little earlier that, I do consider these cameras, both of these cameras to be uh, professional cameras. And I know like uh, that was sort of the thing that was going on on the Internet that, hey, these aren't professional cameras because they only have one card slot. But I think that even though they are professional cameras, you're cutting out a major professional um, shooter. Uh, you're cutting out that photographer who and mostly we think about wedding photographers, right? Because a wedding photographer is they're, they're capturing um, shots in the moment. Uh, they're not going to be able to um, ask uh, um, their their subjects to redo uh, that day, and so having that backup and and that little bit of a surety is 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 really needed. Um, and there are other shooters out there that I'm sure also need that same assurance, but we just typically think about um, wedding photographers when we talk about that. But um, long answer, yes, they they do have like a, this this going to the XQD, and I think they're they're looking towards the future. Um, they probably chose that. I'm sure they chose that because of the speed and the performance of these new cards. Uh, there have been arguments out there around the internet to say that, well, we don't really have a big argument, uh, to step away from SD, uh, being in technology, being a technology guy, I don't want, I don't want to agree with those arguments. Um, I think they're right in saying, Hey, you know, you can make an argument that these cameras would have been still okay if they both stuck with the SD format and probably would have been better if they gave us um, the dual card slots for those for that SD format because um, those who disagree with going with XQD don't like the cost of that card. Well, like with any new technology, the cost will always come down. So I don't think that's a reason to um, not move into an, an improved situation if you're a manufacturer. Um, the other argument, the argument that they're making is that, hey, we've been shooting 4K with SD cards and SD cards have proven to have enough capacity and have been fast enough. Um, but I think when you release a body and you have older tech in it and not the new tech, then it's not like you can go back and change it. 
So I'm not totally against uh, Nikon in that regard in doing that. Um, but it would have been nice to see two card slots. And being that I'm not that familiar with XQD, I don't know if there's a reason why they would prefer not to put two XQD card slots in that camera. Yeah, I was I was hoping at least they would have done uh, kind of did um in, if you look at something like a five D Mark three, they had a CF card for one slot, and then the other slot was the SD card. So maybe they could have done something like that where they had a XQD card and then a standard SD card, and then they could slowly migrate users. You know, maybe as as the users see the benefit of the XQD card, then probably they will say, okay, uh, it, it seems more reliable, uh, even faster. So when they go full XQD, then people will be okay with it. But um, I, I just don't understand um, the decision making, I mean, from their marketing department or chief of engineering, whoever that person is. But so you stated something, uh, Stephen, that I think is uh, interesting. Because um, you were saying, like, uh, looking at Nikon, they came out with two cameras. They came out with the Z6 and the Z7. Uh, we would have thought that the Z7 would have been radically different than the Z6. Um, I think there are a couple more um, detailed differences between the Z6 and Z7. The one that um, sticks out in my mind more so is the fact that um, the Z7 uh, has a higher megapixel count on the sensor than the Z6. I, I can't remember exactly. I think the Z6 is about 24 megapixels while the uh, Z7 is close to 50. I don't think it's quite 50. I'm not sure what the number was. Yeah, it's about 24. Yeah, 24.5 meg oh, megapixels. And then the other one is 45.7. 45, okay. Yes. So like, so those are only two differences, right? So, well, I don't see those are the only two differences, but in my mind, those are the more uh, significant differences between the two. Um. I would have thought, I think it kind of makes it worse for Nikon when thinking about these, uh, the dual card slots. Because Nikon could have easily, since they have two bodies, they could have easily, I would argue that they could have made that the Z7 at least have the two card slots, you know, or, or have the, like you said, the one, um, CFAST, one SD or one, uh, XQD 1SD and, and allow people to at least still have the backup and uh, get used to the newer card and, and take advantage of that newer card format. You know, so I think it's kind of worse because at least from a marketing standpoint, uh, Canon could argue, yeah, this is our first time around. This is our first um, time releasing a mirrorless, um, but this is strictly a um, prosumer model. You can shoot professional with it if you want to. Um, but in Nikon's case, you almost can argue, well, you should have gave, given us, you had two bodies to get this right, and you got it wrong in both. That's true. I think more people would have paid more money had they made maybe the Z7. Uh, you know, they, they, they listened to the community and just put everything that the photo, you know, the Nikon Nikon fanboys are looking for in the Z7. I think more people will pay more money for it. So just put it in and just charge us, take our money. Uh, but like you said, they, they, you made a good point. They got both wrong, uh, which is which was very disappointing. Yeah, another thing from these two, um, it just really feels really safe. And so I'm, I'm actually going to be a little harder on Nikon. Um, 
as I'm being before I get hard on Nikon again, I will say that um, of the two bodies, the Nikon does stand out a little bit more to me. But I'm going to say it's only because I'm biased because I do like Nikon cameras. <laughs> so I'll put that out there. Um, but uh, but I, I can honestly say that I think the Nikon is in they kind of did it a little worse than Sony. Just I mean, not Sony, but Canon. I can say Sony as well, but for this argument now, this discussion, let me just stick it, uh, stick to Nikon and Canon. Um, they did worse because of, again, having the two bodies. So to me, both manufacturers, it feels like they were moving, they're tiptoeing into this mirrorless market. I wish they wouldn't have tiptoed. You know, I wish it would have came out like a little bit stronger. And I'm not even talking about like radically different, but just, just any little bit stronger. Just, I, I believe the misses, how they add up just really makes it feel like they're they're coming in this market very softly. And Nikon, again, had two chances. So they could have made the Z6 the, the safe move, right, where they kept it with the uh, the one card slot. You know, maybe they didn't put like a whole lot of changes in that body. Maybe they didn't get a whole lot of innovation uh, put in there. Now, I've never released anything. I've never released a product, right, a physical product to market. I've never had that, um, that burden. Um, but... I, I would have loved to have seen uh, if the Z6 was something of an iteration, right? Here is Nikon's first foray into mirrorless, and it gives us everything that we expected. You know, maybe had a little bit of shortcomings, again, like in the single SD card slot. Maybe we thought, well, hey, where could more this innovation be? I think the, the they had a chance in that second body of the Z7 to say, okay, now this is the body that we're really going to take a chance on. We're going to put the two card slots in there and we're going to like give you some things that um, you've never, you, the consumer wasn't even asking for, right? But, but something that, that they imagined uh, would be, you know, revolutionary and, and, and uh, a step towards the future of what photography can be, you know, and take it something like a step beyond um, what Sony did because, when I look at um, what Sony did when it came into the, the this full frame mirrorless market, I feel like Sony took a lot of chances. I think there are a lot of things that they, they were they were alone in this. They were doing this, so it wasn't like they were doing like a whole lot of innovative things. I mean, I, I think the fact that it's a mirrorless full frame camera in itself was innovative enough. Um, with the EVF at that time, the the years ago, I think the three or four years ago that they came out with these bodies, um, it, it was enough, and so. I think Nikon and Canon uh, kind of lost this opportunity to really wow the market and really show us something uh, very new. Now, I see Canon as having tried. Now, I'm not as hard on, on Canon. I'm a little bit harder on Nikon because they had two bodies to do it again. I repeat that. Uh, but at least Canon with the one body that it had, you know, they tried some new things. Like, look, they had to touch. They have that touch bar on the back of the, uh, of the Canon. So they're giving you uh, a, a little bit slightly different way of working with the camera in that touch bar, that touch center. I think that's pretty cool. I don't know if I, yeah, I don't know if it's going to turn out to be something that like, hey, I love and feel like, you know, if I ever got a chance to like, you know, play with this long enough and shoot with it, if it's something that I couldn't do away with. But at least they have that. And then they had like the, the, the different controls that they put on their um, converters, their lens converters and the lens itself. So I, I think those are like cool innovations. So they were really trying to think about it and take it a little further. Yeah, they, they, they did some really good things. Like, uh, like you said, that uh, touch bar, that was very uh, smart, very smart of them to, to, to put that in there. And I think you can, 
uh, customize it to. And then I like what they did with the adapters. I don't know if you had a chance to look at the adapters. They, that was ingenious. Um, they, they came out with uh, three adapters and I like the one that you can insert the, uh, ND filter. And the nice thing about it is that when you, you know, you, if you put it inside the adapter, you don't have to buy different, uh, neutral density filters, you know, uh, for different, uh, lens, you know, sizes, you know, if you have different lenses, sometimes, you know, the, the opening is bigger. So you have to buy different, you know, uh, different, uh, filters just to fit onto the lens, but put it into the adapter. That means you can use as many lens as you want. And you can get the same effect from the ND filter. So that was very smart of them to do that. Uh, that was that was innovative. And then um, they had the ones where you can, um, it will allow you to use your um, your old Canon glass. Uh, so I, I like what they did with the adapters. I like I like that they had the the opening of the um, the body. It was it was much bigger. So. It makes the camera. Um, it, it it tells you what kind of is gonna do in future. The future lenses that they're gonna use are gonna be much sharper because they have the the larger opening, and then also it, it brings the lens, uh, the uh, the rare element of the lens. It, it it brings it closer to the the sensor, so your image quality is gonna be a lot better. Uh, the only problem with the lenses is that they they are pretty big. They are big, so uh, you know when we when you go in mirrorless, you always think of lightweight, but those lenses look pretty big. So I don't know. Hopefully they will they will do something about it. They did well with coming out. I, I believe they released three lenses. If, am I correct? I think it was three lenses. Um, I think you're right. I think it was three lenses. I, I think this is one of the things that even Canon did better than Nikon and uh, with was was the lenses. I think they had a. Uh, if I remember correctly, I think it was a 24 or a 28. I think it was a 28 to 70 f2, a 51.2, and I I think an 85, 1.2. I think those were the three lenses. I'm not sure. Yeah, I think um, if I'm re if I recall, they came up with the they came up with the yeah the 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 51.2. Uh, they also have the 24 to 105 and then um, they have the RF 35, 35 1.8. I thought they had a 51.2. Yeah, they had a 51.2 uh, if I recall. Yeah, 51.2. RF 51.2, 24 to, because you can get it with a 24 to 105. They had a 35. And they had a twenty-eight to seventy. Also. Okay. Yeah. So they did, they did go with the they did go with the lens they did go with the lens, uh, but um and then the 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 adapters especially that that dropping filter, uh, mount adapter they did really go with that, but I I feel like I'm also I'm a kind of fanboy I'll just disclose that for everybody but I I was really hoping they would come up with the dual. SD card because this is this camera was similar to a 5D Mark IV. The sensor is the same as the 5D Mark IV sensor. A 5D Mark IV is a professional camera. It's 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 a workhorse. It's used by wedding photographers, 
and you know, for some of us that shoot wedding photograph photography, it's, it's important we have dual SD card slots. I just had a SD card slot fill on me back in June. Fortunately, I wasn't doing anything. Uh, you know, I wasn't shooting a wedding. I just went to take some landscape photos. I took I actually took the card out of the camera, put it in my computer. I was just reviewing it, and I went to copy the files to my hard drive. And that was it. The card got corrupted. Just like that. Just like that. I lost all my... I spent all day shooting landscape and all my photos were gone. I did everything in the world to recover it. I just couldn't get it. Get my photos. Uh, I, couldn't, I couldn't recover my photos. So these things do happen as the card slots fail. Uh, as I mentioned before, Sean, when I was doing that wedding with you, something happened. That was in the 5D Mark IV. It just stopped reading the SD card. It just said it's an error with, with my SD card. Fortunately, I had a second one in there and... This is gonna. Um, this is not gonna attract wedding photographers. That's something. Unless you just want to take that big, big risk and uh, you want to deal with a lawsuit. But um, I, I, if I was a wedding photographer, I would not attempt to use this camera. Yeah. No. Yeah. I, I, I agree with you. I think that's a problem. And you know, hey, it's possible. Maybe these two manufacturers weren't. Um, they weren't as bothered by that. They weren't as pressed because they felt like they have wedding shooters out there now that's currently working with their um dslr cameras and so they figured it can take a little bit more time to net to release that mirrorless body that's going to make the wedding photographers happy maybe that's what the what's on their mind but for me that's a part of the uh, i guess a little bit of the disappointment of their thinking on this and i feel like uh they're being super safe and and walking a little bit too gingerly uh, i wish they were taking a little bit more chances because, uh, you know, we're watching Sony dominate this market. We're watching Fuji um, making strides to try and um, come up in this market. Uh, and and ha it already has a great place and a good fan base. And it could even get a stronger one. We're looking at Panasonic um, right now where we have a question of, will Panasonic be considering uh, a full frame? Now, this could just be my viewpoint in the way I look at Panasonic and maybe there are other people that's listening to this that will disagree with me. Um, but when I think about Panasonic right now, I think about video. I think about the GH5. I think about the GH5S. And yes, I know one is more um, suited for video than the other. But whenever I hear of those cameras in conversation uh, or whenever I look at Instagram or whenever I look at YouTube, uh, Panasonic's to me, uh, those sh shooters are video, f they're, they're video, uh, shooters. Um, but if Panasonic comes into this game with a full frame mirrorless camera and, uh, they, they're marketing, uh, for the stills, um, I think they're going to do good because there are a lot of people that's, um, that's curious about it. And I think that Canon and Nikon are allowing these um, these three other manufacturers that continue to eat from, uh, their share of the pie, you know, when it comes to the, to this market, uh, I, I think it's kind of like, you know, disappointing that they should be acting like these, uh, uh, sleeping giants, so to speak. And, you know, it's, it's theirs to lose and they're showing us how to lose it. Yeah. So I, I think uh, they are being complacent, uh, the, cause when you think about Canon and Nikon, they had so much time. I mean, they have a R&D department, I'm sure they, I mean, every company, every manufacturer has that. So they had enough time to study even Sony. 
Just steady Sony. Sony made so many mistakes in the mirrorless world when they started. I mean, the earlier mirrorless um, cameras they had were terrible. They had so many flaws, but they kept improving and improving. And and now they have mirrorless that can compete. You know, people thought mirrorless can never compete with the DSLR, but that's not the case anymore. That's old uh, and an old argument. They can look at something like the A9. That's the Sony A9. It's very capable. You know, they have the A7R three, uh, and then even what they call their budget um, camera, uh, the or their basic uh, entry level camera, the A7 III. I don't call it basic. I have that, and that camera, that camera performs. I mean, it, it, that camera. It's that camera that made me sell my 5D Mark III. I I literally sold it once I picked up that camera. And along with the Fuji, I just I, I just stopped touching my 5D Mark III. It just, it just couldn't measure up to them anymore. And um, it, it's, it's not an entry-level camera. It has so many features. Even with the newly released um, uh, EOS uh, R and the uh, Z6 and Z7, it, you know, the, the, the Sony still, <laughs> the A7 III can go toe to toe with these with these cameras here. Yeah. So they, they had enough time. They should have and, and when I look at Canon, right, they had a I don't know if you heard of the EOS uh, EOS M. Um they had the EOS um EOS M fifty? Yeah M fifty, yeah the M fifty. Um oh is that the M fifty yeah the the, the 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 EOS M the EOS M yeah they they that you know that was a mirrorless camera. It didn't get the best best reviews out there but that could have been the experimental camera and then with the eos r they could have come up with something better you know but uh, it was it, it was really disappointing uh but yeah, I'll, mm-hmm, go ahead and that's what i'm saying i think in a way it was right it was their dip into the market you know nikon had their own one series of dip into the market and now it wasn't as great as the eos m um, but they had that dip in the market. Then they also have uh, the, a Sony playing in the market. So they could have been sitting back and watching. And I think they were sitting back and watching. Now I could put on my Nikon um, fanboy hat and say, well, hey, when Sony first came out, they had all these um, issues, right? They There was the um, uh, the overheating issues that Sony was battling with right? in multiple of their cameras. Uh, I think um, the images... Uh, there were some other issues and I, they're not coming to my mind right now. Battery, um, had battery the, problems. Yeah. Battery issue. Exactly. The battery issues. And then also there was a, the lack of lenses and, you know, people were complaining about having to adapt the lenses and, uh, it wasn't as quick and as great, you know, as, um, using an, an actual, you know, Sony lenses and people were waiting for Sony and still are waiting for Sony in some respects, you know, to come out with more lenses. Um, uh, but you know, they had this opportunity to sit back and they watched all of this. So Nikon and Canon could have easily have said, oh man, you know, we're going to correct all of these issues when we hit the market. And I think a lot of people are expecting them to say like, hey, these are the guys that um, they have more experience in this game. Uh, they can definitely come in and show um, Sony exactly how to do it and how to release um, a new body and have um, all the features that people expect and support it with the, um, the good amount of uh, lenses. I mean, we talked about uh, some of the lenses that Canon came out with. So uh, let, let me mention some of these lenses or, or, or the lenses that Nikon has planned. And so to me, I kind of scratched my head a little bit about this. Um, the first one I'm looking at right now is this uh, Nikon, the Nikkor Z 2470. That's an F4. 
there's nothing wrong with it coming out within 24 to 70 f4 i don't think there's anything wrong with that but i think the timing if you're coming out with a new uh, this new mirrorless body and you want to wow people an f4 is not going to do it <laughs> you know i mean at least a a, a 2.8 you know there I, if you want to make the argument, if, if they're trying to make the argument saying that this is not, don't use this professionally, then I think that F4, um, continues to make that argument because it's not really something that I, I don't think is super desirable. You know, at least for me, I'm not, I'm not excited about that. So now they have the Nikkor Z 35 millimeter 1.8. That's good to have that. They have the 50 um, millimeter 1.8. Also good to have, but you know, still, um, I think this lineup, is is it would have been a lot better if they had that 24 to 70 at least 2.8 or or come out with an f2 uh like canon did then they have this for bragging rights that's what i'm calling the nikkor z 58 millimeter um f.95 the knock lens it is a fully manual lens um again i think this is a lens that you can come out with later not now um because i don't think it's going to it's it's not a super usable lens, in my opinion. Now, this is my opinion. I could be wrong. But the amount of money that a lens like this would cost and um, it being fully manual, I, I, I also don't see that as a super desirable lens. I think it's more of a bragging rights, you know, a lens to say like, hey, we're able to look at this. We released a, a lens that, you know, is, is, is wide open and, and tack sharp. Um, but it's manual and so it takes away a little bit of from that appeal I mean imagine trying to shoot with that and keep the focus where you want it to be at, at point at point 95 you know that's that's a really razor thin um, focus point um, that like if try and get someone's eye and focus on um, with that um, but anyway so yeah I'm a little down on on the lenses especially on the ones that Nikon decided to come out with I think Canon did a better job there as well um, I, I do have some excitement uh, for the fact. So I know we were harping on these two and coming down on them pretty much. Um, but to state some of the positives. Uh, so, so Steve, you mentioned the uh, the converters or the adapters uh, for the lenses that Canon has. And so I think Canon has three adapters. They have one that's just a, a, a regular adapter, no frills. Another one that um, gives you the added control. Uh, a dial on on the adapter itself and then uh, an additional one that gives you the drop-in filters right yeah yeah they have uh, one where you can i think the dial you can adjust you can adjust the um the aperture i think or you can assign it um uh to change the iso uh, those are things that uh, uh, a, ca a camera like fuji does fuji lenses have that built-in you, you can adjust the the um aperture you know they have a, a dial that you can you can just turn and, and and adjust the aperture and then um and i think um you can also uh, they, they they have uh, other uh, custom features that you can add where you can correct me if i'm wrong here you can um i, I think i think you can uh i don't want i don't want to i don't want to give their the, the, the listeners an incorrect information but there was something there was something interesting also that they came up with but it was something that's already built in with a company like um, um, Fuji. Uh, they have that built into their cameras already. I just don't remember. But if I if I find it, I'll I'll, I'll bring it up. Yeah, I think um, uh, 
from what I heard about that dial is that it's 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 uh it gives you options, right? So the dial is multifunctional, so you you can choose what it does. And it and yes, you can control aperture. Um, one of the functions you can do with it is aperture, amongst other things. And I forget the different um options you can choose. But you're right. There's something there. So now when you're adapting your older Canon lenses, you're not left without that feature, right? Because the new lenses and the EOS R line are, is going to have that dial on the front of it. Uh, those new lenses have that dial built into them already, you know, where you have those um those control options. Now, the Nikon's adapter, um, the FTZ, uh, is not as, I guess, not as exciting as what Canon has done. Uh, but what I, but I don't, I don't fault them against that. Uh, I heard someone say, and I have to look more into this, but I heard someone say that those, uh, those dials and those, um, extra controls that are on the lenses, I think Nikon also has that feature as well. Um, but it just wasn't, um, spoken, spoken up as much as, uh, as Canon did. Um, I think that's a failure there on Nikon's part, you know, if that's the case, right, for not letting uh, the market know about that. And it, it, right now it feels like a one-up that Canon has on them. But but anyway, what I think is great is that I think, and I, if I remember correctly, when Sony first came out, um, they might have had, did, did Sony have an adapter? I don't think they did. I think they we had to wait on uh, Sigma to come out with the adapter. Is that yeah, correct? Sigma and uh, mostly I was um, Metabones. Metabones was the yeah Metabones was the okay. yeah they they released most of the adapters and then Sigma Got came it. out yeah. So that's a plus to me. I'm I'm calling that a very strong plus that Nikon and Canon they saw that at least they learned from there and they did not wait for a third party developer to come out with an adapter. They themselves came out with an adapter uh, from everybody that has touched these adapters for the Z. Uh, the new Z mount cameras and the EOS R line, uh, from what I've been uh, reading about and what I've seen online, you know, they're saying that it, the autofocus is great, that the lenses are, are smooth and they act quickly and it, is, it feels just like they were on uh, the, the native body. So these, so, so the lenses that everyone has, if they were to pick up these new cameras, there's no fear that they're going to be missing any of the functionality. It's all going to be there. And I think that's a that's a plus. I'm happy. Uh, that these guys, you know, thought about that and they took they took care of that. That music playing means that this is actually the end of this episode. Uh, sorry, we weren't able to finish it in uh, this one. We're going to have to continue this in the next episode. Uh, the conversation was getting good. Hopefully you're really enjoying um, our discussion about the new cameras and new announcements uh, from Nikon and Canon, those big two. And uh, as we um, continue to even talk about uh, Fuji and possibly... Uh, looking ahead to uh, Panasonic please uh, go back to your podcast app and look for this next episode as we continue the discussion uh, later on in episode 11